Hey everybody, the con artist here. We're here to close out the fall 2017 core. Uh, the guys got together to do the mid-year review. I wasn't around for it, so I'm here now. We kicked Brendan out. Welcome so. back. Thanks. Uh, Brendan got lost somewhere. Goodbye, Brendan. So it's only uh, myself, Dan, and Scott this time. So let's jump right in, because holy cow, we have like a laundry list of things. I would say you have a Quite laundry a few list. Shows. I have a laundry list, yes. I, I followed way too much. Good heavens. My poor soul. Um, okay, so let's, uh, I want to start with Welcome to the Ballroom. I'll just close that out. Um, overall, this show was quite disappointing. It was sad. Oh, really? There were a lot of moments where it really, you know, it rose above its mediocrity that I felt it had a little bit in season one, and I was kind of intrigued, but honestly, I just felt like this was a very mediocre sports show. It never really Aww. figured itself out. It never teaches you enough about dance sport to truly... I was just going to ask, oh did gosh. you learn? The I didn't is... learn nearly enough about dance Aww. sport, you know that? And I could never truly appreciate what was happening on screen. And it never develops the characters enough that I was truly endeared to them. They're all nice people and it's all good, but, you know, it... They, they never grew on me to a point where I cared a ton. It never animated dance well enough that the show felt visually captivating. And this was killer for me, really, because, you know, it, it's such an interesting sport. And I really think the fact that they never took the time to animate dance in all its beauty was the downfall. Like, half the time it was these still shots of them, like, with motion swish lines moving or just shots of, like, the same shots of their feet moving on the floor. They could never quite figure out how they wanted to showcase dance. And there were like one or two episodes that nailed it. And I was like, why can't all the episodes be these two or three? <laughs> the answer was probably money if they're using all these stills. You know what was killer was they used the character designer for Haikyuu. So a lot of the times they really nailed that like crazy body aesthetic that goes into dance like the bending and the stretching and the twisting but they wasted it all on just those things and never like the beauty of dance it was like and then we're gonna hold these characters in a wonky pose that like you know no person could really do and i was like okay great i guess i guess uh, i wonder if that had anything to do with it being and this is just conjecture, do you think that this thing may have been kind of rushed out there to sort of capitalize on the waves that were made by uh, Yuri on Ice? You know, I think you might be right. Uh, I think there might be a little bit of that, especially with the Haikyuu artist on board. There's a uh, name recognition going on. And I do wonder a little bit if everything is trying to capture that Yuri on Ice feeling. And I don't know. I mean... The other thing I want to say is I don't feel like the show is outright bad, uh, but for really boasting such an interesting and niche sport that I was fascinated to learn about, it never accomplished what I hear that the manga accomplishes quite nicely. So I think the other half, Dan, my other guess was the manga was doing really well, so they double rushed it because they were like, oh man, oh man, this manga is really interesting and is taking off, and we just had that whole Yuri on Ice thing, which has got everybody excited about how a sports anime can be showcased, so let's kick this out 
and people will bite. And mm. I, I really hope they learned that we're not just going to bite because you put a bunch of people stretching and bending in a weird sport on the floor. Like, we need... Yuri on Ice has a lot of care and love put into it, and this just felt hollow in the end. Mm, that's unfortunate. And I was, I was quite distressed because it could have been so neat. So, unfortunate. Definitely unfortunate. Oh, I guess they all can't be, uh, can't be hits. It's true. They all can't be hits, and it wasn't absolutely terrible, so. It is what it is, I suppose. Well, there you go. On the plus side, some shows can be really good. And this show, uh, I'd seen The Girls' Last Tour or uh, Shozo Shimatsu Ryoko. Uh, and this show was excellent. Uh, it's probably my top, maybe my second top recommendation uh, for this core. Uh, it was heartfelt, often humorous, sort of peppered with musings on what mankind as a species was about, based on the artifacts our civilization left behind, as these two girls sort of roll around looking at it. It's kind of bleak and melancholy, but it's not necessarily depressing. It's got an interesting feel to it. Uh, the characters are, of course, the strong point of the show, but the pervading mystery of the ruined city they're exploring as they go around is, is pretty interesting all on its own. So a lot of good things to say about it. People should check it out. Mm. And they pretty much just uh, explore that one city throughout the show, or is that telling? I mean, this, this city is a like a mega structure. I ah. mean, there is there is city for probably hundreds of miles in every direction and dozens and dozens and dozens of like full city block size stories that are like all skyscraper height. I mean, this is like, uh, you know, like a mega city in the, in the, what is, what's his face there? Like judge dread kind of thing. Or I mean, practically like they're on a, like a space station or something. I mean, it's huge. Wow. Well, cool. So the, the, the city covers all the terrain they're ever going to find basically. All right. Well, that definitely is an interesting, uh, thing to explore now hold on does the show end with them still journeying yes then it's not the girl's last tour dun 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 i'm calling and shenanigans love, on that name i would love for there to be another season of this like it's certainly open for it to do it uh, there's there's more to go explore i mean for people who are watching the show they haven't found the fish yet come on like oh no there's still there's still there's still things to do now, Scott, did anything ever reach that visual and sort of emotional height that that episode with Rain did, the one you talked about in the mid-year? No, man, that, that Rain song still is the, the top point of the show, uh, but it still has a lot of other powerful or interesting, like, or really well put together moments uh, in the second half. But yeah, nothing quite reached the Rain song. Ah, uh, well, still. There was, a, there was a really good part in the last episode that got close. So, I mean, they, they really did do a good job. Oh, glad it had uh, multiple high points then. Uh, ben, yeah, many high points. That was just the highest. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess it's actually really fitting that I'll roll into my next one, which was just because, exclamation <sighs> mark. Um, I think I elaborated a lot when I watched Recreators last season, I believe, um, that if something is an original, as long as its premise isn't, you know, BS crazy, I will give it a shot because I'm fascinated by things that have no baggage behind them. And so uh, just because for me personally, this was a fascinating show, uh, just in the way what it was trying to do and 
the things that it put together to try and build a story. So just because is uh, the story of these people, these, these high schoolers who are in their last, their third year of high school. And it really just kind of tells the story of their journey through that third year of high school and all that trials and tribulations that come with it. It's incredibly mundane and weirdly enough, it's mundane in like the most beautiful way. And I think it's it's really funny that um, for our listeners, when you listen to our Ancient Magus Bride cast, I was biting my tongue the whole time, Dan, while you were like, it puts these two introverts together and I don't give a crap about them. <laughs> um, this show is not for you. Um, I found it fascinating that it puts all these characters into a space and it plays with them in ways that may not work for you, but it's a fascinating character study. It has these two characters that, you know, you you know are, are really into each other, I'm pretty sure. One hasn't figured it out yet. She's very stubborn, and she's really into studying. Like, holy crap, this girl studies in multiple episodes. A high school <laughs> anime that's is this even anime? about high school. Yeah, I was like, what on earth is this? So it was, it was shocking. She takes her college exams very, very seriously. She's very stubborn. She's... All of her mannerisms come out not in words, but in gestures and in the camera angles and the way she holds herself. And it was this fascinating use of this character that it may not work for you, but I found it just fascinating in the way that they were shooting for something so different. Um, They really played with the idea of characters who don't know how to speak to each other, like... There's an unspoken love there, but they're desperately trying to enter each other's circle through actions or gestures or things like that. And, you know, it had two men who were best buddies with each other, and there's absolutely no homosexual undertones whatsoever. They had two girls who were best buddies with each other and and the same thing. It really incorporates this, like, slow and soft and delicate weave of characters all in this just hometown setting. And I found it, I found it genuinely fascinating the way it, I know I'm using that word a lot, but I found it this really interesting, almost like academic type study in what anime is trying to accomplish. It tries to get a little bit of that Makoto Shinkai soft, like, these characters are really figuring themselves out and Hmm. it's all done through gesture and not a whole lot through talk. And it's going for that sense of like longing and understanding. And uh, I just want to throw out at the end that I was on a forum board at one point because they set up a love triangle. And I want to have a shout out to this person who probably will never even listen to this and know who I am. But there's two girls that people were fighting the lead character should get with. And at one point, like, there's a whole bunch of people talking about how the one girl's into photography. So, like, photography girl, photography girl. And at some point, somebody just posts, like, I don't even know what this was, like, Shadows of Mordor. Like, these huge guys in, like, armor. And this, like, moe s girl's face on it, the other lead <laughs> character, and went, what is this heresy? And I just <laughs> laughed my rear end off. So, to that guy, you are hilarious. And I love it. So... I know I'm being relatively vague with this show. I I really want everyone to check it out. It's such a fascinating character study. Just a really interesting way of presenting this story. And it's trying something very bold. I think that's the word I thought when I watched it. I was like, this is bold because this is not going to work 
for everyone. I was gonna say, the word bold and the word mundane don't often go together. No, and it's a very bold move. You know, it revels in shots of somebody on a train just watching the outside. It revels in, you know, this girl studying for her exams and the anxiety that comes with it. And what was really interesting, I will say, and, and it was beautiful on the part of the writers and the creators, I felt like I knew the town these people lived in by the time the show was over. Huh. That's how many times oh, it actually, we visit. Is it set in a real town? Kind of like... No, uh, it's not. Not here? that I could tell okay. anyway. And not that the show proclaimed, but it is such a town that I felt like I got to know it by the end. And that's, that's like a shows real like that. Um Yeah, there are, there are a few shows that do that, whether it's a real town or not. And you're like, yeah, I really feel like this is a place. Yeah, and so I, I, I encourage everyone to give it a try and really look at it as this character study, like a difficult character study, like how do I put these introverted people together and have them kind of realize things about themselves and do it with not so much dialogue. And that was really intriguing to me. So enough said about that. I really, really liked it. I thought it was very unique, very bold and shooting for something different because this show is never going to end up on like a lunchbox <laughs> and a poster and it was trying something very bold. And again, so. if, if nothing mm. else, I mean, a high school anime about high schoolers just doing yes. high school stuff. That in and of yes. itself is surprisingly original. <laughs> That's going to be the worst back of the box. So-and-so was a normal high school student until, nope, there's no until. He was just ordinary. Yeah, you know, there's there's nothing in there that gets thrown in that's nonsense. Like, I'm looking at you, glass lip. There's no supernatural BS. It's just these high schoolers going to high school and all the emotions that come with being in your third year getting ready to be tossed out into the real world. Cool. And I loved it. So give yeah. it a try. That sounds even remotely interesting. Just because. Now, taking it from there, from that high point, let's go visit, uh, for our future listeners, 2017's Kino's Journey. This show is lackluster and disappointing. But that pizza, Scott. Oh, my God, the CG pizza. Don't even get me started on how ugly that was. <laughs> so I was I was pretty excited for the new Kino's Journey because I was really, you know, Kino's Journey, the original, way back in the day, was good. Uh, instead, this had about half the episodes being remakes of stuff from the first show, but done worse, honestly. And the other half of the show, like the new episodes, I guess I'll call them, were fairly uninspired. And as mentioned, the abominable CGI did not help matters. Uh, all the criticisms I had for the mid-year cast basically still stand for the rest of it. It never really improved. Uh, this would be a good one to give a pass, and that's a pretty sad thing for me to say because it's been a long time coming for more Kino's journey. That is unfortunate. I mean, anime in general for a very long time didn't really seem to do remakes. I mean, there were obviously exceptions, but right. And now we got the new berserk. Uh, Look how that worked out. Also like, a terrible season. Don't do remakes. Yeah. Holy moly. Like don't do remakes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it could be done, but they just, I guess they haven't figured out how to do it well yet. I don't know. No. They have, well, at least with these two, the two shows in the Kino's Journey, whatever, they have not. Hmm. Like, or you could out. be me and always hate Kino's Journey. <laughs> you could get on the hate train early and never get off. <laughs> That's what I got to say about that. What do you got? Mm, CG pizza. Oh, CG pizza. Well, then, I think it's back to me for more Shokugeki. 
Oh. Yeah, this is this is going to be so much. Uh, we're about to run into sequel territory with me. This was the season of sequels for me. That's why I probably ended up following way too much. Okay, so this was actually Shokugeki no Soma or Food Wars Season 3. Um, so the last time when I discussed Season 2, this was actually back when we were doing written reviews uh, for the mid-year and the final thoughts on the core. So this, it's been a little while uh, since since Shokugeki showed its head. This is, unfortunately, by far the weakest of the seasons. Um, Man, you have this weak thing happen here. Yeah, it was unfortunate. I mean, it's still a fun show. It's still uh, wild and imaginative. It really spends its time this time around doing character building. There is one of the characters is Irina Nakiri, and she is known as uh, God's Tongue. She has this special ability where she's so well-trained... Uh, from birth to be able to eat a dish and basically pick out every single ingredient in said dish and more than likely tell you how it was prepared and things like that. So she's she has this incredible palate, so people call her God's Tongue. Um, they give her a lot of backstory, which actually was the highlight of the season. Uh, her father shows up, and he is a physically and emotionally abusive psycho. So we really get a lot of insight into Arena, some of the characters around her, and I really liked that part because she becomes a lot more human. Until then, she's like haughty, oh ho ho, you know, a Joe-sama character. <laughs> way that season uh, one and two classic. had it, where like people will eat it and they have this like ecstasy with their clothes blown off, like. My fiance Alex was watching this with me, and he's like, "I'm kind of bored of this. Do they have to keep doing that every time they eat something?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's in the contract. It's almost like, uh, you know, Taylor Lautner taking his shirt off every five minutes and like uh, Twilight. Like it's like that. It's like every time they eat something, it just felt tired. It just was so dull to the fact where I was like, uh, can we just skip this part and like go on with plot, please?'" it's like a plot it's like a transformation sequence where you're like yeah i've seen it already thank you no one's no one's heart is in it anymore yeah that's actually dan that's the best way to put it it didn't feel like anyone's heart was in it i'm not saying there weren't moments with that happen there's one where they meet the um the elite 10 guy sukasa he makes this dish at one point and he's like Apparently he like speaks to the ingredients when he cooks and stuff and they're like, oh my goodness. So they have this image of him and he's like summoning animals in a forest and like petting them. And then he like freezes and the shot is him with this sword like sitting by a tree in this beautiful suit of white armor. And they're like, that's why he is Weiss Knight, the ultimate chef who can speak to the ingredients. And he's just like this white knight, like snow white almost, like calling. Wow. these creatures and i laughed my rear end off i was like this is beautiful does he then murder all the creatures and like <laughs> and like gut them for uh their ingredients is that how this works <laughs> suddenly suddenly battle chef brigade no it's more like every ingredient you can taste how much he loves them because he like speaks to them to coax out their flavor is the idea so it's like he speaks to the like like the spices to get them to be at their best. He speaks to the meat to get it to be at its full, like whatever meat it is. At one point, I think it's like venison and he's he's with this deer and he's like coaxing it and speaking to it. And so he like culminates in the <laughs> ultimate venison taste. He's some kind of walk whisperer. Yeah, he's some kind of walk whisperer. And it's it's hilarious and fun and I loved it. 
But overall, um, the season really felt kind of tired. And I was like, man, this show needs to just, I think, reevaluate where and when it uses its wild side is the best way I have to put it. Because I still find it fun. Uh, I still really was looking forward to it, but after a while, it uh, just tasted stale. Ah. Let's put that pun in there. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. So I appreciated Burn. some of the character drama with Erina, but I I felt like the show on the whole kind of dropped the ball on being interesting. There were too many characters introduced, and I do just want to throw it out there. In previous seasons, I felt like there was at least a balance of the male and the female chefs, um, the characters they introduce cooking on screen and having enough screen time to showcase both their skills and like a full shokugeki uh this season was like man fest it was like only the lead character soma yukihira is gonna do all the cooking all day long and oh yeah sometimes the girls cook some stuff and win some shokugeki but no one cares it's like a five minute pan over that's like and then they won some stuff nobody cares and i was like this season, like, felt obnoxiously machismo, and I feel like previous seasons had a little bit of a better balance with that. Well, that's a shame. Being a cooking show, I want to see if we can work a sausage fest joke into here, but that may be pushing it. Yeah, I know. I was actually going to make that joke. Mm, I was like, oh, no, it's, it's sausage town, but... We're classier <laughs> than that. Yeah, we're going to pass. We're going to pass on that. You know why we're going to pass, Dan? Hmm? Just because. Nice. That's going to come up everywhere. Very good. What's next? So, uh, last time you guys talked a little bit about... Dan, you and Brendan talked about MMO Junkie, yeah? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, And MMO Junkie... Hmm, how to put it? It maintains a pretty consistent, decent quality overall. It's probably never going to be anyone's favorite show, but it's... I found it to be fun. It was kind of nice to see uh, a show that's exploring a relationship between two adult characters and them sort of getting over their own individual hangups. It takes a little bit too long, but then again, these sorts of things always do. So we don't actually get to see them in a relationship as much as I would like, as opposed to the beginnings of one. But by the end of it, it's pretty f- firmly solidified and, you know, they're moving on to the next chapter of things. So that's cool. Um, I like that they balanced out pretty nicely between stuff that was happening within the MMO and stuff that's happening outside of it. Again, it's not one of those, like, people trapped in an MMO or, like, the entire story takes place inside of it. It's much more about two people who happen to really love this game, these MMOs, uh, you know, coming together and finding each other both in the game and in real life. Um, with some interesting twists and turns and Hmm. some legitimately funny moments here and there. Uh, So overall, it's a pretty solid show. Uh, There's a few, like, jokes that just don't quite land in the fact that uh, the main character, she's supposed to be 30, and yet she acts like some kind of blushing teenager at every, like, hint of any kind of intimacy. So... It gets kind of obnoxious in that regard. It's funny once or twice, but much like you were talking about with uh, Shokugeki, it occasionally feels like they've played this out a little too often. Um, so that's really the only like thing I could say against the show. It's that some of its jokes are a little bit stale, some of its character tropes are a little bit, you know, well-trod, but it's still fun overall, and uh, it's, you know, kind of a breath of fresh air after a lot of... Um, 
you know, a lot of fantasy and a lot of high school and, you know, sci-fi and everything. It's much more like, you know, here's a show about gamers that actually feels like it gets the games. And it's not the show Gamers, exclamation point. Exactly. It's not the show Gamers. <laughs> That's good. Um, I actually jumped in on this bandwagon too, believe it or not. Um, so Dan, you stole my word and I'm stealing it back. The show was very charming. That's okay. why I jumped in on this thing. Um, I, I am going to just throw it out there as someone who has a health condition and has never had the chance of just walking out on my crappy job due to the need for health care. I did find the premise of a woman just quitting her job and bumming around on magical limitless funds kind of frustrating. <laughs> I won't lie, was. I was very angry. But you, so you should have gotten in the Bitcoin. I know, dang. Should have gotten in on that. Um, that fake currency. All right. Um, but that being said, the show is just so darn cute. I couldn't possibly hate it. It does. I'll just steal Dan's stuff. It does a great job balancing these like real world interactions with, um, you know, her MMO interactions. It uh, never really like chastises Moriko's lifestyle just because she's a neat. So it doesn't feel like it has this hidden agenda in one direction or the other. That is true. Uh, I, liked I forgot watching to mention Moriko... that. Yeah, I liked watching Moriko kind of come out of her shell. And uh, Dan, you hit the nail right on the head. The only thing I really wanted out of this show was a little more romance uh, with adult characters. I was like, yes, yes. And like, I certainly wasn't expecting, you know, something racy or something like that. But it was just like every time they looked at someone of the opposite gender, the two lead characters, they were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, I think one time he like touches her on the head and they both like fly in opposite directions of the room. And I was like, how old are you guys? Like, I'm a, don't give me this nerd romance is so cute. I'm a nerd too. And I'm pretty sure my fiance and I didn't act, react that way the first time we dated. <laughs> you know, we had normal conversations minus copious amounts of blushy blushing all day. <laughs> oh, it was man. a cute show, nonetheless. If if that oh. got your uh, if that got your dander up, then I definitely suggest checking out. There's a couple of like OVA episodes that uh, just came out. While the second one, as far as I can tell, is entirely storyboards for um, the first few episodes, uh, which is kind of neat because you know you get to see how it's made. It's also not really like all that interesting because I just watched that. But the first of them is uh the two main characters, you know, spending a day together. There is a point where... I actually did see this one. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, I have not man. seen the second one with the storyboards. Well, take it, or, take it or leave that one. But there's a point in the first one that, you that as you've seen, where um, the uh, male character jumps up to help um, Moriko because she's, like, burned herself as a pot tea or something, and he manages such a ridiculous, like, fall that he practically bounds across the room. Like, he had to have done some, like, crazy hopping or, like, I don't know, some Rube Goldberg stuff had to have happened for him to make it from the chair he was, sta he was standing up yeah, from Yeah, like, the carpet turns into one of those walkways or something, and he's <laughs> tripping on it, and you're like, this isn't even realistic, y'all. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was really, it was really forced in that particular case. But Strange. It was, that was sort of kind of my, like, this encapsulates the flaws of the show so nicely that I feel the need to highlight it. Everything else, though, like you said, it's charming, it's fun... Um, it's never, it never 
annoyed me enough to ever stop watching. I always, I was more Agreed. than willing. I was more than willing to overlook those small issues to uh, see more of these characters getting along because you know, for all their flaws, they're cute. They are really cute. All right, well, that kind of runs out our clock for part one. We're gonna have to do a part one and part two of this one because Sue watched too many shows. Mm -hmm. I got a problem, y'all. Um. All right, so when we come back for part two, we'll be uh, catching up on some of the other stuff you guys talked about in the mid-year and uh, some, fun, some more fun stuff from my list. Awesome. See you guys soon. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.